Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a partnership between Shondaland Audio and iHeartRadio. Welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast, your exclusive peek behind the curtain of Shondaland's Bridgerton series. Before we dive into the conversation this week, here's a brief recap of episode 206, The Choice. It's time for the wedding, despite everything, but as Edwina notices a look between Antony and Kate, she calls it off, running away. Queen Charlotte pressures the families to continue with the wedding, and Edwina finally tells Kate and Antony how she feels about their deception. This week, host Gabrielle Collins is joined by Tom Verica, director and head of creative production at Shondaland, and Sharithra Chandran, who plays Edwina Sharma. Tom Verica, thank you for these episodes. Thank you, Gabby. Great talking to you again. Jumping back into season two, jumping back into the director's chair. Mm -hmm. There is so much story in season two that it's amazing you all packed it into the eight episodes. I mean, there's a lot of human stuff happening um, that's just packed in. Connection, romance, chemistry, all that. Yes. Love unfulfilled and you know, her being a widow and being alone and all you have is yourself, all that just comes kind of like raining down on everything. I felt like that was really different from season one. Absolutely. At the beginning of 2021, it was about keeping it light and whimsical and glittery. And we're in the midst of COVID and all this stuff. We need to provide an escape to people. And suddenly with this for season two, there's like cold water thrown on it. It's still beautiful. It's still amazing, but there's just this realness to it. Well, and I think there's I think there's layers as you kind of learn and, and meet uh, meet a group of characters. You identify with them. You enjoy the ride, uh, and then as you slowly peel back those layers, uh, without maybe getting too heavy, you get a peek into. If we succeed, they're not two-dimensional. Even if a character serves a purpose as a catalyst for other characters, you want to be able to introduce and have moments where you see a, a slight peek or window into their past or what makes them tick or what what resonates in a way that may may not have been obvious on the surface. And that's that's really kind of thrilling as a director to be able to 
navigate and and build kind of that foundation and that kind of creates this this little explosion uh, that has a ripple effect. So it's really how the discovery uh, about these characters and and these actors who are walking into a situation of what everyone knows now to be Bridgerton uh, and finding their place. Oh my goodness. Well, Sharitha Chandran, welcome to Bridgerton, the official podcast. Thank you for having me. Particularly for this episode, Edwina drives it, right? You know, you see like a true growth that feels quite authentic, hopefully. I felt authenticity. That's why I was wondering, like, what did you pull from from your own experiences <laughs> to pour into Edwina and to, into your performances with uh, Simone Ashley? For me, the hardest episodes to film were one and two because Edwina becomes more like what Charithra is like in real life. Oh, my God. Maybe that comes across as like boasting. It's not. She just becomes more outspoken, right? And like more forthright. <laughs> and so in many ways, I could bring a lot more of myself to her progression. It was episode mm-hmm. one and two where I was like, oh my God, this is a girl that is so different from me. I probably would not be friends with if we met in real life. How do I give her the dignity and the respect that she deserves? How do I not make her saccharine? How do I not make her just overly sweet in one tone and give her nuance? So yeah, episode one and two were for sure like the hardest for me to kind of assimilate to. Um, And then working with Simone, oh my God. I mean, it helps that like, you know, we're both Bummel. We're both from the same parts of India. Um, Families are also both academic. We're the two actors or the creators (laughs) in our families. And I think that, you know, we really connected over those similarities. And yeah, it was, it was a pleasure. I mean, I never, ever thought that I would be in a pyrodrama, never mind being in a pyrodrama with two other brown women. Like, that's, inc- that's incredible. That was one of um, director Alex Palai's, like, one of his greatest memories, he said, was looking into that carriage as you all were are approaching Aubrey Hall and just being like, what? Tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, my God. It was, again, really emotional working with Alex because he is also Tamil. He's also from the same part of India that Simone and I are from, which, like, kind of is crazy. What a coincidence. And, you know, there's a sense of, like, I know that Alex has stake in the game, too. I mean, everyone is obviously 100% committed to the show, but it's like you have even more stake in the game when you feel like, oh, my God, that looks like my mom. That looks like my, you know, niece or whatever. And so um, it was just such an honor to work with Alex. I have to say, what a privilege that 50% of my directors on the show are people of color. And I think actually one of the really wonderful things about Bridgerton is, for the most part, working with Simone, Shelley, Adua, Golda felt really normal. Like, of course, when I look back on it, I'm like, oh my God, what a privilege. What a privilege Mm -hmm. to work with so many wonderful women of color. But at that moment, we were all just like, yeah, we're human beings and we're here. I adore Adua Ando. And I'm just like, oh, yes, a privilege. That's so awesome that you got to work with her. Yeah, that is so great. Behind the scenes, like the whole cast, we are genuinely Uh like a family. Like, I think it's Uh easy to be really cynical and be like, oh, my God, are they just pretending? Is it an act? But no, the whole cast, we genuinely um, like get along. We genuinely love each other. There's so much affection. Like if I were to call up Adjua and be like, Adj, I need your help with this. Um, can you like give me advice? Or if I was to call up Golda and go, Golda, what do you think about this? Is this a good idea for my career or whatever? 
hundred percent. I mean, like if I have an audition, Golda will come over to help me with it. Do you know what I mean? Like Shelly is like one of my comfort people. I spoke to her this morning. Any problems I have, like I'm on the phone to Shelly. So these relationships are really real. And especially with the Bridgertons, when they call cuts and behind the scenes, they're like that. They're just like that. <laughs> they're genuinely like siblings. And it's, oh, it's heartwarming. Uh, Sorry, hold on. It's, it's okay. It's Golda messaging me. <laughs> hey, hey, queen. Uh, hey, queen. <laughs> but she is, a, but she, 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 I mean, Golda is really like, I don't know. I still see her as the queen. I'm like, I'm friends with the queen. With Golda, I think she is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And she just completely fills these grand spaces. Mm-hmm. The opening scene when she's getting all the preparation and all the wedding things together and choosing very small details. She's standing by this staircase. And it looks like um, black balusters. They maybe iron. I don't know if that's historically accurate, but like iron balusters or something. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was beautiful how you placed her in these grand spaces and she just filled it. You're absolutely right. Golda, the actor, is just in such command of her character and her presence she just exudes. And, and when she walks into a room, it, she could be the smallest thing in camera in a big thing, but she takes up all that space uh, and she owns it. And uh, it's, uh, I just love watching her work every take. She just, um, you know, she might make subtle little changes to explore certain things, but she owns every bit of it. Uh, And it's just such a pleasure working with her. Perhaps you might put forth false rumors so that when Whistledown prints them, we will be able to trace the origins. Genius idea, ma'am. Yes, that is why I thought of it. The author thinks she has bested us all with her illicit spying and reporting. Well... No one has sharper eyes on the Tom than I do. And how she can sway between being this, you know, very detail-oriented person and then mm-hmm. get some snuff at the same time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, oh. And that wasn't, uh, that wasn't scripted. That was also my, uh, I added that as a little button to... <clears throat> to the end of that, because uh, for last season, I know it's it's you know it was it was well known that uh, Queen Charlotte liked her snuff uh, historically. So <clears throat> it was written in the script last season that I had. It was one of the scenes that I had that she had that, and I just loved that it you know that <laughs> she's just constantly finding ways to entertain herself and to keep herself in that thing. <laughs> kind of the culmination of all this preparation and she's picking all these things and she just wants to end on that high. Yeah, right. <laughs> and she she took it and ran with it and she again, that was I threw that at her kind of in rehearsal and she loved it and she just she embodied it and made it and you know, just commanded it. I thought that was so good. I was like, was this in the script? Must ask Tom. <laughs> That's so funny. It was so good. I remember last time you said, I think she like needed assistance for some of her gowns and um, her headdresses. Did the, the wig she wore at the wedding s- looked very large. Yes. Did it take five people to seat her? And it is a, it is a entire team to be able to do that. Not only with her, her costumes, but with her hair as well. 
we did discover something that um, Golda was uh, was uh, very thankful. And I, 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 part of me was like, I, I, I'm sorry we didn't think of this sooner, but I think there was so much happening season one that there was, uh, you know, we were all just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, just trying to discover what world we're in. But I noticed <clears throat> we had full day of scenes with her with these wigs on and she, we wait to put her wig on. She's requested. And we do that uh, till last minute. So she can do rehearsal and everything without it, because it, it's quite a bit of, of weight on her. So I had our, um, our grip department uh, rig something. I said, and I kind of explained, I said, is there anything you could put in there where she could sit down and basically rest and take the take the pressure and weight off her head that she can maybe just slide into. And they built this brace that she so when she's actually filming, even though she'll still wait um, between takes or between scenes, she doesn't have to because we can't take the wig on and off, obviously, between setups. <clears throat> so she has to wear it for many hours. So they kind of uh, uh, crafted and, and created this little rig where she can kind of sit down and slide into and it just releases all the weight on her spine and she's like oh my gosh this is amazing she goes why haven't we thought of this sooner oh my goodness which team did that that's amazing uh our grip department yeah what? so they uh yeah so they that's that's what they do is everything that has to be locked down or something but it's part of it's, it's in their wheelhouse so wow i kind of uh, challenged them they jumped right to it and they i think they had it within the hour it was crazy we'll be back after the break Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back. Director Tom Verica, one of his favorite scenes to film and to think through um, and to play with, with camera angles and color and shadows and light was the holiday ceremony. It's an opportunity to see like a cultural mashup during a time where, yes, these things were happening, but you may not, they're not represented, at least in American television, the way it was in Bridgerton. What was your experience? It was such an honor to introduce something that is so known and important in my culture to a wider audience. And and I love that scene because I think it is like you said, it's truly a mashup because it is such a Bridgerton scene. But it's also unlike any other scene you've seen in Bridgerton before. Like it really does feel quite vividly different, um, but still cohesive. And for me, like when I saw the beginning of episode six, I cried because of the song. The song that plays under it is like one of the most famous Hindi songs like in the world. And so when I heard it, I was like, this is crazy. Wait, what song? What? I think it's... Do you know the name of it? Yeah, it's a Kabi, it it's cut from Kabi Kushi Kabi Hum, which is like one of the most famous um, Hindi movies of all time. It's that song and like, wow. yeah, every Indian will know that song. And so that, like, I just couldn't help but cry. That's mad. Why did you guys pick Alanis Morissette's You Ought to Know? Yeah. At the end of five. Yeah. You Ought to Know. Yeah. I think uh, that was something we had a couple different songs. You know, we always try, we have covers of a number of things. We, we, we have a bunch of covers. Some, some are, um, are ones that our team has put together as potential covers. Other ones are songs that Chris has thought about that he wants to hear. But Chris landed on that pretty early on. We Well, we did an experimentation of a couple of different songs and that one just landed. That one we heard it, we were like, that's that's it. It's just fitting for where they're at at the end of that episode and the sacrifice that Kate is making and, and really begging Anthony to go along with this wedding, even though it's against, uh, it's denying everything they're feeling about one another. Uh, and being the other woman, mm. it, uh, you know, it certainly has parallels, but, um, you know, I think just tonally, it just fit perfectly. Yeah. Um, speaking of wants as an individual, there's this um, scene in about quarter of the way through episode six, mm-hmm. Daphne and Anthony are talking and she's basically, oh yeah. my gosh. And she's basically yeah. like, dude, like be real with yourself. Yep. And he cuts it short and it's like, you were born to marry out of this family. Like, let's be real. And I was born yep. to continue this, our name, the Bridgerton name. That's exactly right. Yep. And then we hear that tune that Chris Bowers composed that played every time Daphne had a moment of introspection or some connection to the Duke. And mm-hmm. I don't know, Tom, I just... 
there was something about hearing that song that put me back into this. Well, it, it, it does. I think it, it because it does kind of bring back there is that and this is the genius of Chris Bowers is that that scoring uh, underneath that kind of taps into that private, intimate moment. All of these decisions that you seem to make and then resent us for. They do not make you worthy of your family's respect. They simply make us pity you. Nothing more. A wedding fit for a queen. You guys kind of uh, stepped away from historical accuracy there a little bit. Daphne and Simon's Mm -hmm. wedding was more along the lines of what a wedding would have actually been like during the Regency era. Small, quaint, just family. Correct. Immediate, like nucleus family. This time it was more like what you'd see today. I thought that was really interesting too. I guess it's because the queen was hosting. Is that... The queen was hosting. We were trying to strike that balance as to, uh, you know, certain historical things, but taking you know, making it a little bit more accessible in a way that most of us would understand. But, you know, in doing, you know, with our researcher, there were a lot of things that were spot on. I was wondering. You know, it may have been a little bit bigger, but it it, it clearly was intention of the Queen's Entertainment to have the the full ton for everyone to witness. And then she, you know, had the front front row seat into all this. And then there's certainly the theatrics that happen and explode. Uh, not what she expected, but um, but anything she creates is always a spectacle. So uh, so it had to be a big event. It had to you know it had to be a very public uh, moment when you know we have our runaway bride who who can't uh, who has to to get out of there. What has happened to my wedding? The bride seems to run away, ma'am. That was the scariest scene to film because. Um... Like there were like, you know, hundreds of supporting artists there and it sort of all happened in real time. So it felt really real. There was, um, you know, a live string quartet playing and all these people standing, staring. So like how um, crazy is that to really feel like you're, it was like this, it, it didn't even feel like Edwina was getting married. It felt like truthful was. Wow. Episode six is obviously my favorite episode. Um, <laughs> and so like, all those memories are really meaningful to me. Yeah. I was so impressed with you. Just, I felt like I was following you through episode six and just the looks you were giving and just all of your nonverbal communication actually throughout the entire season um, was really amazing. I felt like you told us so much story without any dialogue. Well, I think that is kind of what Edwina is like. She she's not a massive talker she's not a massive extrovert she feels things so deeply and I think that at the beginning of the season she's like afraid to express them so I think as the season progresses I hope at least it does come across that way you see her become more and more expressive about how she's feeling both physically and verbally yes that's why I think I love episode six so much because you snapped (laughs) Edwina went off (laughs) And like the crew would come up to me and say, you know, this is like a villain origin story. Like we could <laughs> easily, you know, the, the next episode, if it was following Edwina, would literally be like how she became Jack the Ripper or something. Right. God. I mean, it's trauma. Like to have to yeah. go through what she goes through is just unbelievable trauma. I just I don't think I could not react like Edwina reacted. No, she was really calm and collected. And I'm wondering, so if <laughs> if Sharitra were in this situation, 
How <laughs> that be no prisoners, that be no honor, that be no dignity. Don't, don't even. Like this is the thing. Playing Edwina, and I and I also played um, um. Medea in a play. It's like mm. I played women that have been scorned by men, right? Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, you you can't help but sort of take on that trauma yourself as a person, which you know is a. Uh, it's not great for my dating life, but yeah. That's so funny. Throughout all of the descriptions that I've heard about what Edwina and Edwina and Kate go through and Edwina and Anthony go through, um, drama and trauma are not the words I've heard used so far. And that is like the really human like part of what that character is going through. Like, all of the characters, at at different stages, right? So Anthony's trauma is like seeing his dad die in front of his eyes and having to take on a whole host of ridiculous responsibilities at such a young age. Kate's trauma is her mom and dad dying and having to do the same, take on all these difficult responsibilities. Edwina's trauma is the betrayal of everyone around her, right? Yes. And I think, you know, I've sort of seen some of the chatter online and people are really upset by the usage of the term love triangle or like they don't like the idea of these sisters fighting over a man, but that's not what's happening. I don't like, for me, that's not what's happening. If you see Edwina has a lot more vim for Kate than she does for Anthony because she loves Kate so much more. By the end of the episode, she's like, do you know what, Anthony, you're trash. Like, no, I'm, I'm better than you and I can do better. But with Kate, that's heartbreak. That's like a soulmate betraying you. And so Edwina and Kate, because they are soulmates, because they love each other so much, is why there is so much pain there from both both sides. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, and I think Chris, you know, Chris, again, beautifully writes those moments that, uh, that cut that punish, mm. that are vulnerable, that need to, you know, ind- that needs that independence, that, um, yeah, and, and, and punishing in certain ways and really cutting. Um, Very. You know, a- as she did in the, in the scene uh, coming, come, the, the scene right after the wedding, that she corrects her and says half-sister. You know, those, those are, you know, little things that are very... You know, it was kind of the the discovery or education of Edwina in this episode uh, and her needing to sort of grow up herself and find her voice and really kind of wake up as to what's been happening right underneath, right in front of her all this time and, uh, and, and taking back ownership and power of who she is. You do hurt the ones you love and, it, it, and she is in a moment where she's lashing out and, and, you know, she'll have time perhaps, you know, to... To come around, but in this moment, it's all about uh, establishing boundaries. Kate, perhaps you might find that tea. It is not tea that I want. What I want is the truth. Oh, suddenly your words fail you, sister. Edwina. Kate, I am not sure what is going on. I should tell you what is going on, Mama. After a lifetime of filling my head with nonsense of all this talk of great gallant notions and looks between us, you have feelings for him. You know, I would never want to sit here and make her come across as like this blameless person. I hope this comes across a little bit because she's a nuanced character in that 
Edmina can be a bit selfish. She sort of kind of accepted Kate's sacrifices for her. And there are times where she questions it. She like encourages Kate to go for Dorset and all of this stuff. But for the most part, there's parts of Edwina that are selfish too. I never thought of Edwina as selfish in that regard. A little bit. She's kind of taken on being a baby and that's stifling as well because she sort of had to be submissive. But until she has to, you don't see much effort of her trying to take on any of the family burden. And again, it's, it's complicated because Kate hasn't been fully open with her. But it's not as simple as Edwina is this innocent baby that's wholly good and everything's been done to her. And that's, yeah, and that's preferable, actually. I think because I, I don't want to accept Edwina's, Edwina as a victim. I don't want to, especially after seeing how she just unfurled in this particular episode, in episode six, you know, like the way she communicated, the things she said, how passionately you came through um, this character. You you can't see her as a victim. You, you do see her as someone who has been betrayed, which is not necessarily victim- so she's been manipulated by everyone around her, the Queen, Anthony, Kate, um, Lady Danbury. Like, so it would be really easy to perceive her that way. Yeah. She's been hard done by, but I think you said it correctly. She's been betrayed. She has every right to be upset. It's not like Edwina just suddenly becomes a whole new person, because again, that's not realistic either. You sort of see the ramifications back and forth. I describe this season as full of moral ambiguity. Like, no one can look at Kate and Anthony and go, they're bad. That's too simplistic. And it's not true. Under the circumstances, they made those decisions. And I want people to consider, would they have acted any differently? But it's how I think one responds to those situations that really determines one's character and one's identity. She will make a most excellent queen, Your Majesty. I hear the two of you faced many trials during your happy courtship. But today, today will make all of it well worth it, will it not? Yes. Then perhaps you might find your rest, Your Majesty, before you both rule this kingdom with the kind of love, compassion, and kindness of you undoubtedly share the scene where she's talking to king george and kind of calm brings him in mm-hmm. i'm one of those people who rewinds it three times as we know now yep <laughs> could you clue us into what is happening there when she does that i think there's a recognition of the that history of love between these two people who obviously the king i think she's able to sort of see in that moment going through what she's experienced in her own way without the awareness of her own dilemma in that situation and seeing the connection between the king and the queen and how fragile he is in that moment. And again, part of gaining her voice in that moment is stepping in just from a purely instinctual way Mm. to take care of someone in calming that situation and I think we just see someone who has that in her and has that sort of ability to step up and be the adult with no objective and no other reason other than nobody else is stepping up and she takes the baton. She takes the lead. She she just, it's in who she is that uh, 
that I think uh, is a bit of a discovery for a lot of people when they see her do that, when they see her step up. She sees someone struggling and she sees someone that she feared and respected, aid the queen, lost for words. And it's this drive to just make, make someone in pain, the king and the queen, feel a little bit better. And, you know, love and romance and marriage has been on her mind, obviously, because of everything that happens in the episode. And I think it's just a will to just be like, to comfort someone in pain, because I think she wishes she had that. Maybe Anthony Bridgerton was not worthy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's <laughs> Maybe. Good discussions. Good good sort of uh, good points to, uh, to pontificate. Maybe. <laughs> the scene with the king and then the scene where the queen is chatting to Edwina, I think are my favorite from the episode six. Because they're so like, they're so revealing about the psyche of different characters that I think it's amazing. Every character makes decisions that they can very legitimately justify, right? Like you cannot point to any character and go, you are bad. You are good. This was wrong. This was right. And I think that's what's so exciting. All the viewers are going to react and sympathize with different characters in different ways. And there's going to be a lot of discourse, which I think is kind of like the best TV. That's it from Sharithra, but after the break, Tom Verica takes us even further behind the scenes with post-production, Lady Whistledown, and comparisons to the novel series. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome back. I saw you did a um, Ask Tom on Twitter. It was an impromptu <laughs> one. It was something I did, uh, I discovered when I was doing Scandal, because uh, it was obviously a very heavy social media driven platform that w- was, there was much more turnover. So that was quite active. So I uh, would do and ask Tom to kind of give a little bit more of a perspective or point of view from kind of the director's chair, uh, you know, introducing some of our viewers to some of our directors and what we go through, just to give a little bit another layer to the process. So uh, it, it's it I do it very few and far between because there's not many things I can talk about with Bridgerton. There's a there's a big uh, clamp on me to not reveal too much or put too much out there. So yeah, I was waiting for you to slip up and say something, but you were good. <laughs> you did good. They've tra- they, they've trained me well. <laughs> yeah. You all are so tight lipped. I can't even like. Well, I put there was like I, I I think I put an emoji in there, and suddenly the projection of as to a character or an actor's been cast i'm like how do they get all (laughs) that out of an emoji right (laughs) what made me laugh literally laugh out loud was someone asked you how many um episodes did you do for season two and you were like 20 yeah and i thought that was so funny (laughs) that is definitely my sense of humor and and i think anyone who's followed me knows that i i i I like to play and tease a bit but uh yes (laughs) you also mentioned being starstruck by julie andrews yeah. How was it to have her back? Did you get to work with her? She's a legend. I mean, it's it's uh, we met doing a number of our sessions. Um, we did them uh, virtually, but uh, kind of a Zoom room with only a few of us. And it was, um, you know, just I've known everything about Julie Andrews for most of my life. And, and uh, she's an icon. And so it was a bit intimidating. There's not too many people that I'm sort of Wow, that's so and so. But she she carries not only the presence, but you know she's just a you know just known throughout the world. Mm-hmm. And as we got on, it was very quickly. She just has a tremendous sense of humor. She's she has fun with what we did. She played around with some of the things we asked, and and was very frank about uh, opinions on certain things. That was really refreshing and and quite enjoyable each time we had our you know numerous uh, sessions uh, recording Lady Whistledown, you know, talking a little bit about the scene and where we're at and what's happening. I was able to sort of give that insight based on what we shot. Hmm. Uh, She was very interested in understanding kind of what it is we're looking for and what's happening in this moment. So it really was a testament to the pro that she is and wanting to really bring the most out of it. Did all of the directors get to work with Julie individually or um, was that something you were honored with? Specifically, yes, none of the directors uh, do. Okay. We, she basically comes in after we, or as we're kind of going and cutting the episodes together. And because I'm a producer on the show, uh, I tend to work with her. And this is mainly done in the post process. So the other three directors kind of come in, do their block, and then they move on. So we're not even close to 
uh, being able to record her sessions until the episodes are kind of locked uh, and ready to go when we start adding those post elements uh, that they're usually long gone onto their other uh, their next uh, next jobs. All of this really leads me to some of my favorite lines from Lady Whistledown and from episode 205 and 206. And so I'm wondering how these resonate with you. It is a distinctly human act to marry. And then mm-hmm. follows up with marriage is the ultimate act of fools. What that evoked in me is that we are all fools and we all play the, the fool game of love. Uh, as wonderful it is and as, as human, instinctual as it is, when we think we have control of it, it gets the best of us. And it's something that is beyond our understanding and ultimately has the last word with all of its, its kinks and, and ups and downs. While we have this uh, romanticized notion about what true love is and do you achieve a moment of life is everything if I just get this, there's nothing that's so clear cut. Everything is nuanced. There are gray areas in what that is and, and, and how do you embrace that as part of that love? Is it, is it an unrealistic image that we have of that situation? And, you know, reality uh, will have the, the final word. Actually, she, she ends off with saying, she asks, why do we feel like we have to orchestrate what nature has already ordained? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a way to wrap up those two episodes, um, to, well, to wrap up episode 206, for sure. I f- was wondering if those, those uh, last few notes from Lady Whistledown for you and Chris and the actors, Shonda, Betsy, was also a nod to um, some of Julia's work. And I'm wondering if there are any other nods to her book, because there were so many departures from the book. Oh, I think there's always, yes, there are departures, uh, <clears throat> a lot of departures. And it's not a, um, it's not in defiance. It's not a, a, a need to, you know, just go off the book because it is. I think it's just serving the needs of the world that it is and the world we've created. Uh, and really, in this medium, the need to sort of use the blueprint of what Julia has laid out uh, with these wonderful characters and this wonderful world, but it is, it is its own, it is its own journey. So we'll be on the same track, but how we get there might be slightly different and, and not a a concerted effort to be different. I think it's just honoring kind of the world that we've created and how to tell this in not a full novel, but we have a certain, you know, certain points that we have to hit within one episode and another episode. So there are, built-in, there's a kind of a built-in pattern that changes the rhythm of what a novel might have. I think it's all those elements that uh, keeps the heart and tension of, of, uh, and hopefully captures the essence of the books and these characters um, with, with adjustments that are very specific to how this medium tells this story. Working with uh, Shonda Rhimes and Betsy Beers and Chris Van Dusen and being a creative director, just any big takeaways from this season I just really hope that people enjoy the journey that this takes, which is a it's it's a different journey than last season. It's still part of the same world. Being able to live with kind of the Bridgerton is the the kind of the the center uh, of our show, but the exploration of these stories allow yourself to get caught up on these these relationships as they progress in ways that really play with the line of the times that are also very 
identifiable in today's time. Relationships are ultimately universal and how we get there is conventional, unconventional. But yeah, I, I think the takeaway is, is this has every bit of, of, of the fun and levity and sparkle of the world that, that, that we've created and I think sustained and built upon, uh, as well as finding those new layers of emotional torment <laughs> in, in relationships. It's, it's really kind of enjoying the you know slower burn, whereas in today's storytelling, sometimes things happen uh, much quicker between relationships and the earning of the journey is something that we relish in, in exploring and hope the audience relishes as well. Well, thank you for these episodes. Well, thank you. Thank you for, uh, for, for diving in and being very, very uh, specific and, and I, you know, identifying and enjoying and, and, and analyzing these things. It, it means a lot. I'd love to hear what your takeaways were. And it's, it's great. It's great that, uh, that you picked up on a lot of these, these, these things that we work on. Thank you for joining us on this deep dive into the world of Bridgerton. Next week, Nicola Coughlin returns and is joined by Cheryl Dunier, director of episodes 207 and 208. If you're enjoying this show, please subscribe, share with your friends, rate, or leave us a review. And if you haven't finished binging Bridgerton on Netflix, please go do that so you can enjoy all of the juicy spoilers with us. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Vince Dijoni. Bridgerton, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app or anywhere you subscribe to your favorite shows. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.